Okay. Shabbat uh, tov, everybody. I'm glad. Uh, I'm sure everyone else is glad as well that we have passed the three weeks and moving into Benazman uh, before Elul. Um, but we are continuing our shiurim on Hilchot Sitzit. This is a the penultimate one on Hilchot Sitzit, and we're going to be dealing with three main sugyot uh, in today's shiur. The first is. Uh, the bracha of when one puts on the uh, talit, how to make the bracha, how to put on the talit katan and talit gadol. Uh, the second uh, topic is a huge topic in halacha that we're going to kind of explore using the, the, the example of tzitzit, and that is the concept of hesechadat. So um, we're going to be trying to compare the laws of, of, of tzitzit, of tefillin, and of sukkah and trying to get an understanding of the opinion of the Ramah and the opinion of the Shulchan Aruch in this very thorny sugya called Hesech Adat um, and trying to understand what Hesech Adat is. Um, and the, the third topic that we'll discuss is actually the size of a Talit Katan. Uh, what is the minimum size in order for one to be able to recite the Brocha on? Okay, so let's, uh, let's begin. Bezrat Hashem. Um, it's this first topic is uh, how to put on a talit gadol and a talit katan. So the tour tells us uh, in Orachaim Siman Chet, Miyad Achar Natilat Yadav, immediately after washing one's hands in the morning, Yitatef Betzitzit Meumad. One has to wrap himself in tzitzit while standing. Now, why, where, where did uh, the tour say, where did he get this idea that one has to stand when uh, wrapping oneself in tzitzit? So says the Beit Yosef, The Beit Yosef is telling us that this is an almost Xayr Shabbat, which is interesting because this Xayr Shabbat doesn't appear anywhere in the Talmud. The first time we actually see it is in the Rosh, the father of the tour. And this Xayr Shava between Spirata Omer um, and the uh, and and over here regarding Tzitzit. So here it says Dichtiv Bakama regarding Spirata Omer. Uh, it talks about that when you cut the 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 uh, the harvest, it says Bakama, and uh, the Gemara over there says Bakoma. So because of that, so it has to be done upright. So one would think that all other places, it also has to be upright. So this, let's see the Rosh inside. This is the Makar. The Rosh says, mevarchim, mevarchim umad, the we've learned in a brighter. Right? The Torah tells us when the grain is standing, that's when you start counting the Svirata Omer. Altikri bekama, ele bekoma. Don't read it as when the grain is upright, but rather when you are upright, when the person is standing. So that, that actually is a, is a chazal. But that is a chazal connected to Svirata Omer. Where do we see that it's connected to Tzitzit? That is a Rosh and the Tur that follows, which is quite interesting because generally we don't have, uh, we don't uh, generally apply the Dinim of Zerah Shabbos for Rishonim. This is uh, something that you need a Masorah for. It goes all the way back to um, all the way back to 
halacha l'moshe misinai. So, what exactly is the nature of this din? Although it's paskin din halacha, is it obligatory or not? So let's see the Shulchan Aruch. Shulchan Aruch says yitatef betzitzit vivarech muhumad. So a person needs to wrap himself in the tzitzit, and and one should make a bracha standing. However, adds the Mishnah Bura vuhurak lechatchila. This is not a. This is only lechatchila. The best way to do the mitzvah, the b'diyavid yatzabishten b'chol gavne, which makes a lot of sense. A b'diyavid, obviously, one can fulfill one's obligation even when sitting, and the part of the reason for that is that we've never seen this as a critical um, a criteria in Chazal regarding hilchot So yes, it is learned out and and by the rosh, but it's only a lechatchila. It's not a it's not a b'diyavid. Okay, so that's. Uh, uh, topic number one, they have to stand or sit. The next topic is how one actually wraps oneself. And here we get to a topic called atifa. Now, atifa, we haven't found uh, in many places in Shas. The main place where we found the concept of atifa, of, uh, of wrapping oneself, is actually regarding Hilchot Abelut. And in Hilchot Avelut, the Gemara over there tells us that basically when an Avel uh, is sitting Shiva, he wraps himself, Atifa. So that's, that's the Makar where we find Atifa, also found it regarding a Matsora or Menude, etc. But that's where we find it really in Chazal. So now let's see the Tur. The Tur tells us as follows. The Seder Atifato, Pirshu HaGaonim, that when one wraps oneself for the tzitzit, one has to wrap it like the Yishmaelites wrap, which is considered a complete wrapping. And the Bala Itur says, no, we don't need to wrap like an Atifat Yishmaelim, like the Ishmaelites wrap themselves. Ela kederech adam. They cover themselves in their garments. And they go about their general work. Sometimes, you know, sometimes people wear a, a, um, a tracksuit uh, top with a, a hoodie and they'll wear a, a hoodie over, right? And sometimes they'll take it off. Depends, you know, depends on the style and the fashion or if you're trying to... Um, uh, get away from the police, whether you put the hoodie over. But the point is that some people wear it, some people don't. So says the Balayitur, that is the nature of wearing clothes. It just has to be worn, and it doesn't even need to be that your head is covered. Now, what is the nature of the machlok between the Ga'onim and the Balayitur? And here the Beit Yosef explains as follows. He gives two possible scenarios of the machlok between the Ga'onim and the Balayitur, which we'll see is going to be a, uh, um, have halachic ramifications, which opinion we're going to uh, decide or, or which version of the Beit Yosef we accept. So version number one, he says as follows, the reason of the Go'onim, first possibility is, since the sages instituted the bracha as to wrap oneself, and where we found this concept of wrapping oneself in shas, the brachot, i.e., 
The Tosefteim Brachot tells us that the bracha is litatet, to wrap oneself. And therefore, alma itofina. If that's the wording of the bracha, then obviously we have to wrap ourselves. Now, what's the definition of wrapping? Over Perik Eilum Galchin, and in the Gemara in Masechet Moed Katan, Amar Shmuel Kol Atifah Shenak Atifah Teishmeli Men Atifah. Any time when one needs to wrap oneself, and one doesn't wrap oneself like the Yishmaelites do, it's not considered a wrapping. And the Gemara clarifies how how do the Yishmaelites, how do the Arabs uh, wrap themselves? Machve Rab Nachman ad Gobe Dekachve. Uh, that Rab Nachman pointed out, it has to reach the cheekbones. Uh, that basically has to reach the, the place where it covers one's beard. Meaning that when one wraps oneself, one actually has to, you know, how the, the Bedouins would cover their faces and just leave their eyes open. That is considered atifat yishmeelim. Explains now the, the, the Beit Yosef, the machloke between the Go'onim and the Balaito. Possibility number one. The reason of the Balaitur is the Rav Paligale, the Shmuel, the Rav argued regarding the definition of Atifa with Shmuel. Rav holds that even though you're not covering yourself, wrapping yourself like a Yishmaeli, it's still considered wrapping. And we have a general rule in Shas that whenever there's a machloket between Rab and Shmuel, when it comes to Isr Veheter, we paskin like Rab. When it comes to Dine Mamonot, we paskin like Shmuel. So over here, Kaimelan de Isure Halachakarab, Legabi Shmuel. So let's summarize the opinion of the Beit of the Beit Yosef. The the Goonim explained that when one when one wraps oneself, when one says the brach of Talis. One has to wrap oneself like Yishmaeli and basically cover one's face. According to the Balaitur, one doesn't need to. What's the argument between them? Simple. Do we say that the halacha, just as regarding Avelut, is similar to the laws of Tzitzit? And then there's a question well, who do we paskanak in the Hilchot Avelut? Do we paskanak Shmuel, where you need a complete wrapping, or do we paskanak Rab? According to the Goinim, you need a Paskin Lakshmuel, and according to Rav, and according to the Balaito, we Paskin like Rav. Okay. Another possibility between the argument between the Balaitur and the Goanim is as follows. The Yosef's personal rob, the Maria Buab in Tzfat, gave a different explanation to the argument. That the reason of the Balaitur that the Balaitur says, do not copy paste the laws of Atifat that is mentioned in the Gemara between regarding the law regarding Avelot applies also to Tzitzit. The law says the Balaitur, I agree with you, Goinim. That really we pass like Shmuel, and you need to do a complete wrapping. But that's only for Hilchot Avelot. Who says that we copy that halacha also for Tzitzit? Explains the, the Beit Yosef, about Gabe Tzitzit. 
שהתורה חייבה אותו בכסות שאדם מתכסה. The Torah never says we have to wrap ourselves. What did the Torah say? That it talks about a garment that you cover, that you cover yourself with. So that is the obligation. Therefore, when I make a brocha, all I need to do is cover myself with the garment that fulfill my obligation. So now, why did Chazal use the word litatef? Why don't the Chazal use the word lechasot? Explains the Bala, explains the Beit Yosef in the name of the Bala Itur, Lashon Kisui here. That according to Bala Itur, the word itatef can also mean to cover. And therefore, it's going to have different connotations. In Hilchot Abelut, it means you have to wrap yourself. In Hilchot Tzitzit, it just means you have to cover yourself. Okay, so we've got two separate explanations of why the Kainim and the Bala Itur are arguing. And the question is, which one do we pass in like So just to summarize, the Goenim say one has to wrap oneself completely, and the Balaita says one doesn't. Two possibilities of their argument. Possibility number one is, just as in Hilchot Avelut, there's an argument whether one has to completely wrap oneself or not between Shmuel and Rav. So regarding Hilchot Tzitzit, and it's just a question of you pass like the Goenim pass like Shmuel, and Balaita pass like Rav. Possibility number two, the Bala Itur agrees with the Goinim that regarding Hilchot Avelut, everyone passes like Shmuel, it has to be completely wrapped. However, when it comes to Tzitzit, it's a different set of rules and we don't need to wrap oneself because the Torah never ever told us that we have to wrap oneself. The Torah says we have to cover oneself and that's how one fulfills obligation. How does the Shulchan Aruch rule So in Orachim Chelek, the Shulchan Aruch rules say there atifato kederech bnei adam shemitkasim biksutam voskim b'malachtam that the way one wraps himself is covering oneself i.e. he's ruling like the Balaito. he says further pa'amim b'kisui arosh pa'amim b'giloi arosh sometimes when you cover your hair, sometimes you don't. It's not critical. And then he adds, And it is correct or it is proper to cover one's head with one's talus. So the Shulchan Aruch basically um, does not mention Atifat Yishmaelin in the Shulchan Aruch, Lichora over here. Explains the Mishra Bura, the Afal Gav the Mevarchim Leitatev, even though the Broch is Leitatev, again, at least on the Talit Gadol, um, is to wrap oneself Leitatev. Kisuya Guf Lechude Habeito explains the Mishra Bura that that is considered covering. I, the word Ituf can also mean to cover, as we saw. This is there by Joseph's explanation of the Bala Ituf. Vui Kara Ituf. And then he says further, and this is very important, for certain shuls. That, you know, travelers that just put their talit over their shoulders when it's all folded up. And they, they wear it almost like a scarf. One doesn't fulfill one's obligation of tzitzit in this way. Because that is not considered 
covering oneself. You have it worn as a scarf. Um, and this is unfortunately still a problem in many shuls that you have people that buy certain talitot uh, that basically are, are, are big scarves. And, um, and some of them are, are machmir, that the, the, the scarf is, is a proper shear. But according to what the Mishra Brewery is telling us, it's not going to help because if you, you, if you wear it just like a scarf, even if it's got a proper shear, it's still not going to be good enough. So that's just a point to, um, to be cognizant of. Uh, when when learning the laws of Kilchot Talit, Katan and Gadol, and and it's a point that that perhaps the, uh, the the rabbis of certain shuls who still hold those talitot should uh, should perhaps invest in in bigger talitot um, so that people can be yotze without a question. Now the Mishnah Brura says, why did the why did the Shulchan Aruch add that one should cover one's head? If we paskin like the Bala Ito, and that's how the Shulchan Aruch seemed to paskin, that basically the Ikar is not Atifat Yishmaelim, and uh, it's okay. One, one, one basically just has to uh, wear it. So why does he say, and it's proper to cover one's head? Head. Explains the Mishnah Burah. Shekisui ze machnia leba adam, umavio lide This is something different. This causes Yirat Shamayim. We know that the Gemara in Kiddushin tells us that uh, one of the um, one of the Amoraim, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was Rav Nachman, uh, that his mother was concerned that he was going off the derech, and uh, in order to give him Yirat Shamayim, she always made sure that his head was covered. This is really the minak for the, uh, the beginning of, of, of wearing a, a kippah that we have today. But this is the idea that the Mishra Burr says that when one wears a tzit, uh, one's talit, one should really cover one's head because it includes, it, it, it um, increases Yirat Shamayim and explains Mishra Burr. The Katava Bach, the Tzarich Shia Talit Al Rosho Mitrilata Tfila Ad Sofa. It has to be over one's head from the beginning of the Tfila until the end. Balkopanim Yamod Kach Motaf Lepachot Kedei Luch Arbamot. And one should at least wear it over one's head for at least the amount of time it takes to walk um, two meters. So this is really a din, not necessarily connected to the machlok between the go'onim and the bala itur, but rather it's connected to uh, increasing one's year shaman. So it's interesting. The Bach says that people should cover their heads with a talit from the beginning of the tefillah until the end. Most people I do not think do that. Uh, the minag, I think, that I've seen in most shuls is what's brought down here in the name of Rav Zalman Nechemia Goldberg, that basically people uh, usually cover their heads from the beginning of Birkot Kriachma, because that's when one's makabal omachut shamayim, so perhaps that's when there's an increased element of anaba and, and girat shamayim. Now, let's go to the actual brocha. The derech ha'atifa, machzir tzitziot lefana, one should place two of the strings in front of him, and two of the, uh, the strings behind him, that he is surrounded by mitzvot. And basically he should cover his head, that he shouldn't have uh, um, an uncovered head. Now, the Pithke Chubot is... Minhag is Jomidore Dorot. 
לעשות עטיפת ישמעאלים. We saw that basically the Shulchan Aruch ruled that one doesn't need to do עטיפת ישמעאלים, covering like, a, um, like the, the, the Arabs cover their faces. But says the Piskei Chuvot, that Minag Yisrael is to do Atifat Yashmeelim Lachar Abrachal Atalit. And why is this? The Kitve Arizal Hizbir, Shenachon Haminhag Maod, Shebaze Yotsim Shitata Goonim, Shetzarich Atifag Mura, Vahainu Katipat Yashmeelim, Lemzman Moat Keshur Hiluch Arba Amot. Meaning that the reason why we do this is basically to be Yotse, the opinion of the Goonim. So even though we, strictly speaking, don't paskin like them, the minag was that when one makes the brocha, one does uh, cover oneself in such a way to fulfill the obligation, uh, uh, including the go'onim. Now, the Piskei Chuvo just points out and we won't read it everything uh, inside, but basically when you do rap, one shouldn't cover one's eyes. That's not considered atifat yishmaelim, that the top part of the tzitzit covers the ones up to one's eyebrows, and the bottom part, which one wraps it, is basically by one's nose, but one should keep one's eyes uh, uncovered. Now, what about the talit katan? So the Shulchan Aruch rules as follows. Talit katanim shel our talitot, it's impossible really to, to wrap oneself in a, in a, in a talit katan. One still fulfills one's obligation. And if one can, one should try and still do some type of atifa, wrapping. So Shulchan Aruch, interestingly enough, says that one should try and wrap oneself. Um, and then one puts the two tzitzit in the front and two tzitzit in the back. Um, now, the Shulchan Aruch further says, that even if you're only putting on a talit katan, you make the brocha litatef the tzitzit. Even though you're not really wrapping it. But the Ramah says, So yeah, What is the brocha on a talit katan? According to the Ramah, it changes and it's only al mitzvah tzitzit. The final uh, din of the um, uh, top. Um, let's skip that. That's uh, less critical. Let's let's go to the next topic. And this is really a huge topic of uh, the concept of Hesachadan. So I want to give an, a quick introduction, and then we will then we will go into the, some of the sources that are brought down in the Tzurba. And there's a Gemara in Masechet Sukkah. And the Gemara in Masechet Sukkah, Daf Mem Vav, has a discussion about a person who's sitting in his Sukkah, and uh, and he leaves. And now he comes back. Should he say a brocha or not? And the Gemara says it's machloket tanaim. According to Rabbi, every time a person comes into his sukkah, he makes a brocha. And according to Chachmin, basically you make a brocha once in seven days, right? 
the first time you go in and, and, and pretty much, uh, pretty much that's it. Now, Abaya says we pass like Rebbe, and Rabbah says we pass like Chachami. But the Gemara then says that Rabbah himself didn't act the way he would, uh, he would do it. Why? Because the Gemara says like this, that regarding Kilchot Tfilin, when Robert would go to the bathroom, he would take off his Tfilin, he would go to the bathroom, and when he would come out, he would, he would put his Tfilin and make a bracha again. So the Gemara says, you see from here, that Robert's not following his own opinion, just like in Kilchot Sukkah, Rava says, we pass in Achachamim, that even if I stopped the mitzvah and I went out of the sukkah and I come back and I came back, I wouldn't have to make a bracha. But when it came to tzitzit, well, sorry, when it came to tefillin, when he went to the bathroom, when he came out, he made a bracha again. So the Gemara kind of assumes that Rava changed his mind, meaning that there's one halacha for sukkah and one halacha for uh, tefillin. They're the same halacha. And the question is, if you stop the mitzvah, and you now come back and do the mitzvah, do you have to make a new bracha or not? And it's really machloket between Rebbe and Chachamim. And the question is, who we pass It comes out from that Gemara, that both Abaya and Rova, halacha l'maitzah, paskin like Rebbe, that if you stop the mitzvah and you come back and you now stop the mitzvah again, you need to make a new bracha. Now, having that introduction, let's see how the sources pan out. Says the Shulchan Aruch uh, as follows. Sarich Lafrid, before we, before we get to Esachadat, he mentions a few things when saying, when, when before saying the bracha. Sarich Lafrid, one has to separate the strands, one from another. And one should have in mind, not only to do the mitzvah, usually, when we, say, when we assume the mitzvot shrichot kavanah, that, that's a big sugi in and of itself, do mitzvot need kavanah? But let's assume that we need to have kavanah in order to fulfill the mitzvah. What is the definition of kavanah? I'm putting on tefillin for the sake of the mitzvah. I'm putting on tzitzit for the sake of the mitzvah. But here the, the, the Shulchan Aruch adds something else. Sheniskor kol mitzvotav asotam. When we put on the mitzvah, it's not just good enough. To, that I'm putting on tzitzit for the sake of the mitzvah, I also, that the purpose of this mitzvah is to remember all the other mitzvahs. And the question is, where did that come from? So the Gemara actually points out that uh, the, the, the Bach and others point out that the three mitzvot where the Gemara actually, where the psukim actually tell us what the purpose of this mitzvah is, or similar regarding sukkah. Sorry. That, uh, that the after the the pasuk says regarding Sukkot, leman teish leman tis. What's the the pasuk? Leman yedu dorotechem shebesukkot oshavti. So since the Torah gives you a purpose, so that has to be part of the actual um, thought and kavana when fulfilling the mitzvah. So to regarding tzitzit, right? So since the Pasuk mentions that we remember all the mitzvot, so that's part of the Kavana. Okay. And then he says, finally, before putting on the, before making a bracha, one should check that one's actually got a kosher tzitzit. They haven't, uh, the, 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 the strings haven't been ripped off. Now we discussed what's considered a still kosher or not, even if uh, 
one or two strings have been ripped off. That's last week's uh, share. Now, the Mishnah Bura points out something. Since when do we have to assume that um, that our when can we not rely on the fact that we've got Poshut Tzitzit? Why do we have to check every morning? Explains the Mishnah Besides for the fact that over here there's a Chashash Isur, because if one wears four corners and the Tzitzit are not kosher, one actually is transgressing a violation. Nevertheless, that is not good enough to obligate us to check the tzitzit because we have a chazoka. And the chazoka is that this is a kosher pair of tzitzit. So why would I think otherwise? Explains the Mishnah Brot. Here's another element of here. It's because of the chumra of not taking Hashem's name in vain, and you want to make a bracha, and you might be making a bracha in vain, that's why we're not reliant on the chazaka over here. But nevertheless, the Mishnah Bura does point out that if one is rushing or in the morning or etc., one uh, borrows one's uh, friend's uh, talis to go uh, up to, to do a gernaliyah, then if the tzibur is waiting and doesn't have time, one doesn't need to check. Um, now, let's move on to a, this question of hesachadat, as we said. And let's bring the suffix of the tour and, and try and remember the Gemara in Sukkah, the story of whether we pass me like Rebbe, that every time a person goes into the Sukkah, one says a new brocha, or Chachamim, that you just say one brocha. The machloket between Abai and Rava, which we said, Lamaise, it seemed that the Gemara's conclusion was that even Rava agrees with Abai that Allah follows Rebbe that every time you go in the sukkah, you make a bracha. And why is that? Because even Rava, after he took off his tefillin and went to the bathroom, put them back on again, he made a bracha. Having that Gemara in mind, let's read the tour. The tour says as follows. If a person took off his talit, and he had no intention of putting it back on immediately, I, if one had no intention of, you took off your talit, you had no intention of putting it back on, and then all of a sudden you want to put it back on, according to everybody, you need to make a bracha. But let's say a person took off his talit, he wanted to go to the bathroom, he needed to go out for some reason, he intended to put it back on immediately. For example, he wanted to go to the bathroom. There says the Torah, I'm not sure, and he explains his dilemma. One can argue and say, that since all of the Torah is learned out from Tfilin, he's referring to the Gemara in Kiddushan, where there, the Gemara tells us that just as women are exempt from Tfilin, so to the exempt from all mitzvot asman grama. So we see from here that tfilin is almost an av um a binyan av for all the mitzvot of the Torah. And there the Gemara Paskin said if the tfilin moved out of a position and you bring it back, you make a new brocha. Right? So similarly over here, or even more so over here, that one took it off one would have to make a bracha. On the other hand, 
מיוגי שלומר, דשני הטה, ותאצ דפרן, שזזו ממקומן ולא ידע שלא היו במקומן, כי תפילין מוגד ודאט וואנס נוליג' אבל אם היא זיזן ממקומן לדייטן להחזירן מיד. But perhaps if he moved them on condition to put them back immediately, Atamnami לא היה צריך לברך. Perhaps even then one wouldn't need to make a bracha ולזה דעתי נוטה. And that is the opinion of the tour. Meaning, the tour is really, if one tries to analyze the two, the question of the tour is, I'm taking off my talus, so I'm taking off my tefillin on condition, and I'm going to put them back. I know I'm going to put them back. Is this, do I make a new bracha? The question is, do we define the continuation or, or making a new bracha? Is it contingent on that there was no break in the actual phys physical fulfillment of the mitzvah? In which case, I took off the talus, I took off the tefillin, there was a break, I put it back, I need to make a new bracha. Or is the critical case a break in my intention or my, my uh, intention to fulfill the mitzvah? As long as I intend to put it back on, it's, it's considered a continuation of the original mitzvah, and therefore I wouldn't make a new bracha. And that seems to be the opinion of the Torah, that as long as I intention to put on, the, to continue the mitzvah, that is good enough to view it as one continuous bracha for the uh, continuous mitzvah regarding the laws of the bracha. And this, as I said, is really going to throw us into this whole topic of Hesach because this isn't limited to Hilchot Tzitzit, it's not limited to Hilchot Tfilin, it's not limited to Hilchot Stukar, as we see. These are just three examples, but the concept of Hesach is a critical concept regarding many halachot. So let's see how the Shulchan Aruch passes, and let's see if we can get some type of picture regarding the Shulchan Aruch's opinion and some type of picture regarding the Ramah's opinion. In Hilchot Tzitzit, the Shulchan Aruch in Orachayim Siman Chet rules. In Pashat Talito, Afilu hayada'ato lachzor uleitatef bomiyak. Person took off his talit even though he intended to put it back on straight away. According to the Shulchan Aruch, one needs to recite a new bracha when putting it back on. He did not accept the opinion of the tour, and intention is not good enough. And the Beit Yosef explains that the reason for that was we saw the Gemara in Sukkah, that when Robert took off his, his, his tefillin and went into the bathroom, he obviously intended to put his tefillin back on when he came out of the bathroom, but nevertheless, when he took that, when he brought the, when he put his tefillin back on, he made a bracha. So you see, says the Shulchan the Beit Yosef, that the Torah's second understanding is incorrect. Rather, the critical function is, did I stop doing the mitzvah or not? If I stop doing the mitzvah and now uh, start the mitzvah again, I need to make a new bracha. So, the Shulchan Aruch Paskin's ad regarding Hilchot uh, Tzitzit, and as, as we see, he also Paskin's ad regarding Hilchot Tfilin, meaning a person takes off his Tfilin, even though he knows he's going to put the Tfilin back on again later, the Shulchan Aruch rules that you make a new bracha. What's the opinion of the Ramah? 
ויש אומרים שאין מברכין, שאין מברכין על אם היה דעתו לחזור ולהתהתך בו. says the Ramah over here, opinion of the tool. No. If a person had intention to put his, his talit back on, then one doesn't recite the bracha anew. And then the Ramah brings a third opinion, which we haven't seen, and that's the opinion of the Igor, of the Agur. And some say this is only, when does one not recite one, a new bracha if one was still wearing a talit katan? So if one was still wearing a talit katan, even though I took off my tzitzit, my talit gadol, and I had intention to put it back on, since I'm wearing my talit katan, then I don't need to make a new bracha, the hachi no again. And this is Aminak. So to summarize, let's summarize the opinion of the Shulchan Aruch and the Ramah, and let's try and see if there are any contradictions that uh, spring out. Shulchan Aruch seems quite consistent. That in Hilchot Talit and in Hilchot Tfilin, if a person took off, took off their tzitzit uh, or talit, even if one had intention to put them on straight away, one makes a new bracha. Why is that? He says, we pass on like ready in the Gemara in Sukkah. We saw that a person left his Sukkah, came, came back in the, uh, to the Sukkah, one needs to make a new bracha, meaning the Shulchan Aruch seems to be very consistent. You stop the mitzvah. We don't care what your intention is. You start with the mitzvah and you make recite a new bracha. Very consistent, both in Hilchot Talit and in Hilchot Tfilin. And the proof, says the Beit Yosef, is Rabbi in the Gemara in, in Sukkah Membab, he took off his tefillin, he went to the bathroom, he, when he put them back on afterwards, he made a bracha. Okay, very neat, very clear. Says the Darke Moshe, your proof, Beit Yosef, from the Gemara regarding Rava, that when he went to the bathroom and he took off his, his, um, his tefillin, and when he put them back on, he made a new bracha, is not a proof at all. Why, says the Darke Moshe? Because Tfilin, it's prohibited to bring it into the bathroom. And since it's prohibited to bring it into the bathroom, even if one had intention, it's not going to help. Because objectively, the mitzvah was cut in two. However, says the Daike Moshe, if there's no objective cutting it, meaning halachically, there's no problem of, of doing something, right? And, and in theory, there's no problem of going into, a tal in, into the bathroom with a talit. So therefore, when one comes out, then the function of intention is critical. And therefore, says the Daike Moshe, as long as one has intention to do the mitzvah, that is uh, when one doesn't recite a bracha anew. Now, here comes the contradictions within the shit of the Shulchan Aruch and within the shit of the Ramah. Let's first look at the Shulchan Aruch. As we said, the Shulchan Aruch seems to be very Clear cut. You didn't. You stop the mitzvah. We don't care about intention. When you re renew the mitzvah, you make a new bracha. That's how the Shulchan Aruch paskens in Hilchot Tfilin, and that's how the Shulchan Aruch paskens in Hilchot Tzitzit. What is the steaming contradiction when it comes to Hilchot Sukkah? There, the Shulchan Aruch all of a sudden says a person sitting in his sukkah, and a friend calls him. To go outside, he starts. He goes outside. He starts having a little chat. He comes back inside, doesn't recite the new bracha. So say the achronim, what's going on over here? 
why is it that he stopped the mitzvah, he walked out of his sukkah, and now that he comes back in, all of a sudden he doesn't, uh, he doesn't even make a new bracha. Why is there an inconsistency in the psak of the shulchanar regarding tzitzit and tefillin, even though you intended to come put on your tefillin and intended to put in back your tzitzit, you need to make a new bracha. When you walked out of the sukkah, even though you intended, here yeah, all of a sudden, if you intended to come back in, says the shulchanar, you don't make a new bracha. What happened? Why did the shulchanar distinguish between sukkah on the one end and tefillin and tzitzit? So that is a contradiction within the psak of the Shulchan Aruch. The Primagadim answers a very simple answer. Primagadim says that the Shulchan Aruch is really consistent. In general, the psak of the Shulchan Aruch is if you stop the mitzvah, then when you renew it, you make a new bracha. And intention plays no role. Why in sukkah does it play a role? Because there the mitzvah of sukkah is unique. The Torah tells us that how do you fulfill the mitzvah of sukkah? Teshvu ke'en taduru. You have to fulfill the mitzvah the way you usually live in your house. Now, the way you usually live in your house, obviously you walk out of your house and you, you, you walk into the garden, you come in and out of your house. That's the way a person lives in their house, meaning that you didn't really leave the mitzvah when you walked out of your sukkah because that is the nature of how one lives in one's house, right? You walk in and out. So therefore, there's no contradiction. The Shulchan Aruch goes, he's following his own opinion that it's not a function of intention. You stop the mitzvah, you make a new bracha. But sukkah is the exception to the rule because of the nature of how one fulfills the mitzvah of sukkah. Okay, a very nice answer of the Prima Gadim. Um, I won't mention the other answer of the Chemed Moshe, who basically says that no, the, the Shulchan Aruch really passed his principal argument in according to what he passed in Hilchot Sukkah. And Tzitzit and Tfilin are a, uh, the exception to the rule. For those who have the Sefer, I suggest reading the essay of Rav Jeremy Kulak. He summarizes it very clearly and, and, and beautifully where he brings the opposite opinion. But for the purposes of the Shir, let's just stick with the opinion of the Shulchan Aruch. That is his general understanding and the prima gardim's answer of why he changed his sack regarding, um, regarding sack. Let's now move on to the opinion of the Ramah. The Ramah seems to imply that intention is critical. Intention is critical. And therefore, regarding Hilchot Tfilin, uh, if a person took off one's, uh, one's Tfilin, with the intention of putting it back straight away, one doesn't say a bracha, unless there was some type of objective reason why you couldn't wear the tefillin, such as going into the bathroom. So there the Ramah says, okay, when you go into the bathroom, then objectively you couldn't wear your, your, your tefillin in the bathroom, you need to make a new bracha. But if you took off your tefillin because you just want to step out of shul to, I don't know, take your kids to, uh, to gun and then come back and, and, and uh, finish uh, whatever it is, Okay, you don't make a new bracha because you have intention. Now the question is, how do we understand the Ramah in Hilchot Tzitzit? The Ramah says, the yesh omrim katan agin. I would have thought that the Ramah would paskan in Hilchot Tzitzit, that if one takes off one talit with the intention of putting it back on, one doesn't make a bracha. 
But the Ramah doesn't say that. The Ramah says, when do I not make a bracha? As long as I'm wearing a talit khatan. Question is, who cares? Why, why does that all of a sudden play a function in this halacha? So here, the Chemed Moshe explains as follows. The Chemed Moshe says, really, intention, according to the Ramah, is critical. So why, when it comes to Yilchot do I need to be still wearing a talit katan in order not to be able to make a new brocha? You know, not to make a new brocha, but if I wasn't wearing a talit katan, I would make a new brocha. Explain Zechemed Moshe, because tzitzit is an anomaly. When I, when I remove my tzitzit, I don't actually have a mitzvah to put it on tzitzit. Why? Because the Torah says, when does the mitzvah come into effect? Only if I'm wearing a four-cornered garment. Meaning, I don't have an obligation to wear tzitzit. If I'm wearing a four-cornered garment, I have to wear tzitzit. As opposed to tefillin, I have an obligation to wear, to wear tefillin. So that's why intention regarding tefillin is good enough to connect it to the original chiyuv or the original mitzvah that I was doing and basically assume that it's one continuous mitzvah. However, tzitzit, if I take it off, since there is no obligation on me to actually fulfill a mitzvah, unless I'm wearing a four-corner garment. But once I removed it, so who cares that I've got intention? The mitzvah is finished. And therefore, even the Ramah, who usually thinks that intention is critical, would agree that I would need to make a new bracha unless I'm wearing a talit katan. If I'm wearing a talit katan, so I'm still fulfilling the mitzvah, that's good enough to connect the two parts to it. And therefore, that would be, then I would not have to make a bracha. Halacha lamaiseh, very interesting, even though the Shulchan Aruch basically ruled that if one takes off one tzitzit, one takes off one tefillin, and one puts it back on, if even if one had intention, one does not, one does say a bracha. Ravavad Yosef, although usually passing like the Shulchan Aruch, over here passing like the Ramah. That even Svardim, if they took off their talis of tefillin with the intention of uh, putting it back on, they do not recite a bracha. And here, let's just read the Yalkut very briefly. In order to put it back on, it's within half an hour, one doesn't recite a bracha. But if it's more than half an hour, then Sarich Levarech. Meaning, the, the, the Yalkut Sefavia is telling me that I don't pass like the Shulchan Aruch. Up to half an hour, if I intended to put it back on, I don't make a brocha. More than half an hour, that's considered mamash. Intention of here is not going to help. Hesachadat, more than half an hour is considered proper Hesachadat. Now, he continues and he says, even if he put on his talit with no real intention, uh, sorry, he took off his talit with no real intention. You do not recite the brocha, even if there's no talit katan. Meaning, sorry, is really being more makpid not to say a brocha even than the Ramah. You took off your talit, but you, 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 you know, even if you didn't have clear intention, then you, when you put it back on, you don't make a brocha. But he says as follows, that sometimes depends on the nature of it. I won't read it inside. If a person folds up his talit, 
and puts it in his talus bag. That is indicative that he has assumed that he's not putting it on again. And if he assumes that he's not putting it on again, then even according to Rabbi Badia, when you, if you would take it out for some reason and put it on, you would say a brocha. However, if on the other hand, let's say you went to the bathroom, so you don't fold it up, you just put it over the stender, clearly, according to Rabbi Badia, in that case, one wouldn't make a brocha. So this is quite a very interesting sugya of Hesach Adat that we've seen regarding three halachot. Hilchot Tfilin, Hilchot Tzitzit, and Hilchot Sukkah. Machloket between the Ramah and between the Shulchan Aruch uh, and, and different opinions of how to explain the Psak of the Shulchan Aruch and the Psak of the Ramah in the Achronim. Okay, let's, uh, let's talk about what happens when, one tal when one's talus falls off. Now, when one's talus falls off, right, one didn't have intention. So here, everything that we talk about seems to not apply. So what would be the din in over here? Says the person took off his, you know, fell off without his intention. And now he puts it back on. In such a case, one has to make a bracha. But that's if it fell off completely. But even if the majority falls off, not Now uh, the Mishnah clarifies. What happens in your talus falls off? So someone picks it up and puts it over your shoulders. When a person completes a shmonaisrei, case one has to make a bracha. How does the, um, the, the Yalkut Yosef uh, plaskin regarding this? We saw he was very machmir. He didn't plaskin like the Shulchan Aruch regarding Hetzachadat, how's he going to paskin regarding when it falls off by mistake? Says the Yalkut Yosef, if a person's talit fell off by itself, even if it fell off completely, we see here that once again, Ravovadia is basically going against the Shulchan Aruch. And then he says as follows, what well, we just quoted in the name of the Mishabura, but then he adds, but according to our opinion, because of Safek Brachot Lahakel. So Rabovadia over here uh, goes completely against the attack of the Shulchan Aruch. He basically says that there's no din. Um, other than very, very specific, you went to the bathroom or oh, more than half an hour, or you packed it away in a talus bag. Other than those three cases, basically, you never repeat a brocha on talit. Now, the Gemara says as follows. <clears throat> what is the minimum size for talit katan? The Gemara in the Sechad Menachot Mem mentions two criteria. And this is the last topic of, the, of today. We'll just do it very briefly. Tanur Rabbanan, that the rabbis taught, talit shakatan mitkasebo rosho verubo. The definition of a talit is really, uh, the minimum size is a garment that can cover the majority of a uh, katan, of a man's body and head. Magadol and a, uh, an older person, a Yabab Bar Mitzvah, 
would walk out with such a garment uh, in a on occasion. Uh, I think the best uh, way to to um, define this is, you know, people when they when they throw out the garbage, um, so they have to take it out of their backyard. So they'll wear certain things that they not necessarily would be comfortable wearing going to the shops, but they are comfortable walking out uh, in the garden just to uh, just to throw out the garbage. Right. So that's how gadol yotzei ba derech harai. That's what, that's what how I would assume is considered their harai. In such a case, such a garment is chayevet betzitzit. Now, the, the Gemara mentioned two separate criteria that a mana, it covers a majority of a mana's uh, upper body and head, and that a gadol, an adult, would walk out with this on occasion. What is the relationship between these two criteria? So there's a tour. So when we say a mana, says the tour, we're not talking about a mana who's uh, three years old. We're talking about a katan from nine years old. Can cover the majority of his upper body and his head. And an adult is not embarrassed to walk out in such a garment on occasion, the shuk Now, what happens if one of the criteria are not fulfilled? If it's not the size of a cotton's majority of his head and body, even if an adult would walk out with it, it's patterned from his, from from. Now, the Beit Yosef right, in the name of his again Maria Bua. Sorry. The the Mari bin Chavid. He argues with the two. I'll say that out because you're running out of time. According to the Mari bin, uh, bin Chavid, he's, he follows the shit of the Rambam. There's only one criteria, and that criteria is is it the size of the katan? The description of the of the gadol going out into the shuk was trying to just to define it for us. But really, there's only one um, there's only one uh, criteria, and that is is it the size that covers the head and the body, the majority of the body of a captain. How does the Shulchan Aruch rule? Shiru talit shechayat tzitzit shikatseba ba'orech uberochav rosho v'rubosho'l katan. The head and the majority of a body of a mana hamitalech lebado b'shuk. You can walk by himself in the shuk, ve'no tzarich acher l'shomro. And he doesn't need someone else to protect him, it could be that that is nine years old, mentioned by the tour, meaning is a machloket achronim. Is this an argument between the tour and the shulchan aruch or not? Let's just assume that it is the same. And then it says the Ramak, the as chayav betzitzit, the davke kashagadol lofshok pa'amim arai biyotzei bolashok. The Ramak adds the second criteria, meaning. It's not good enough that it covers the majority of the upper body and the head of the cotton. It has to be that also a adult would be prepared to walk in it in the shuk. That wasn't the psak of the shukhanar. The shukhanar passing like the Rambam, there's only one criteria. And according to the Ramah, there are two criteria. Halachlamaise. There's different opinions of what the size is, but the Mishabura basically says that it should be at least three quarters of an amah in the front and three quarters of an amah in the back. According to the Grachnae, uh, three quarters of an amah basically is 36 centimeters. 
or according to the Chazon, if there would be 45 centimeters on each side, right? I.e. three quarters in front and three quarters at the back is 36 times two sachako, we're talking about 72 centimeters. According to the, um, the, the Chazonisha's side, it would basically be 45 times two, that would be uh, 90 centimeters. Now, this is all um, according to the Mishra Brewer that you only need a minimum of three quarters of an amount on either side. But the opinion of the Chazonisha is that you actually need a full amount on either side. So if it's a full amount, it's going to be a lot more than, um, than, than uh, 72 centimeters according to the Grachanae or 90 centimeters according to the shear of the Chazonish. If it needs to be an amah by an amah, the Piskei Tshuva says that one should wear a talit katan 60 centimeters in the front and 60 centimeters uh, in the back. And if it's smaller than that, one should still wear tzitzit, but one shouldn't make a brocha. So that is the opinion of the Piskei Tshuva. There are more lenient opinions uh, regarding this, definitely kids. Uh, you know, that, that size for a kid would probably, you would drown him. So it doesn't have to be that big for a kid. We're talking about for an adult. Um, but that is the psak of the Piskei uh, Chubot. Uh, others are more makele, like the Mishabura, that as long as it's three quarters of an amma by three quarters of an amma, then one would still be a Yotze. Okay, next week, Bezrat Hashem, we'll be discussing the topic of Trelet, a very controversial and practical uh, discussion in today's poskim, and uh, and then afterwards we'll continue with Yilchot Tvilin. Uh, Thank you for listening, everybody. Yashakach. See you next week. Kol Tov.